<laughs> you really don't get how this works. <laughs> Very simple. Very All right. Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is the third and final, what I'm going to call, preseason pod for the 2023 season. Next week, we will be full scale into game week. So we've got a lot of predictions to make. I'm Steve. I'm Connor. Lucas. Jay. So we're here at full strength. We're inside because it's just an oppressive level of heat outside. It's it's um, unbearable. Somewhere north of a hundred, humidity north of a thousand percent. It's miserable. It's just absolute misery. It's it's not that fall weather that we were getting a glimpse of uh, last time. So we're inside in the studio. Um, we're going to we're in we're in cool conditions. So don't anybody worry about us. We're not overheating in here. We got a lot of stuff to cover though. We got a lot of predictions to make if we're going to put our names out there. Um, our, our good names on the line and make fools of ourselves like we did last year in so many regards to the predictions we've got in store for not just OU but every major team and, and more so. So let's start with, right off the bat, let's run through who we think will be in the Big 12 Conference Championship. You don't have to necessarily tell me a winner, just tell me the two teams that are going to make the championship. Jay, start us off. I'm going to go OU versus Kansas State. All right. Any, any reasoning there other than you just think that's obvious? No, nope, I think we're going to be significantly better than we were last year. Texas is going to underperform as usual. We miss some of the better teams off the schedule this year. And I think Kansas State's got a good team coming back. And that's who we're going to face. So they, and it's interesting because those will be two teams that don't face each other in the regular season. So it's got some logic to it. Lucas, what do you think? I've got uh, Texas and Kansas State. Okay. So similar, although those two teams will face each other. I think it'll be a series of tiebreakers for both teams to get in. Mm -hmm. I I think there's going to be a lot of parity overall in college football this year, which we'll see later when we do our over-unders. But in the conference especially, I, I could easily see two, three, three lost teams getting into the Big 12 title game. Two, three lost teams? Or a two, or a two loss and a three loss. I don't see a three loss team getting in. Maybe a three loss. That'd be I, really I hard. I could see a two and a three, but the three would be a series of tiebreakers because there might be four teams bet. with three losses. Wow. I don't see it being that close. Um, that's tough. That's tough to have that many teams have that many losses, but... Boy, you you've got so you've got some interesting. If we did the whole conference over under, you'd have some very interesting bets <laughs> yeah. on that one. Everybody's if they've got more than six and a half, they're uh, they're under. If it's less, they're over. Okay, Connor, what do you got? Uh, I was erring on the side of Jay's opinion with OU Kansas State, but the more I look at it, the more I look at the schedules. I, I'm gonna go with a Red River rematch. Nice. Um, I've got OU Texas, and it, I think OU's there. It, I was I was back and forth on the Texas or Kansas State. The more I think about Kansas State, the more I think that I, I do think they're going to be the big dog in the the Big Twelve Conference once OU and Texas leaves. But at the end of the day, I think uh, I do think Texas is talented. Um, I think, and we'll get into more predictions later. I, I think even if even if uh, Maybe when OU beats them in the the initial matchup, uh, we'll see them again in in Dallas, but in a much better, more accommodating venue in December. 
Um, so yeah, I've got OU Texas, uh, which is going to be fun because it's last Big Twelve title with the the team to uh, basically brought it to its knees. Uh, I so. can't I can't disagree with it because that's my pick too. I have OU Texas. Some of that is the nostalgia of it and the desire also just for a big send off uh, for the two teams that everyone hates and loves to hate in the conference. That we we busted it up, we blew it all up, and now we're leaving. So and the the two most winning teams in the conference, the two traditional powers. It just seems right that they should be in the last one together. So that's probably influencing my decision some too, which is not a good way of looking at it when making a prediction. But it would be it'd be nice and fitting if that would actually happen. And that's so, what I would like to see. Yeah, I, I I would imagine all of us would like to see that. I think even I with think, the risk of maybe everyone, losing to everyone Texas, out, everyone outside of the uh, the teams that are staying in the Big Twelve would like to see that. Right. Yeah, I think I think the teams that are staying would like to see any two teams other than us, unless they could guarantee that they get to beat one of us. Now this is probably dumb because I'm sure we would prefer to win both of them, but would you rather lose in October and win in the championship? Yep. Yeah. Which 100%. seems pretty. Yeah. It sucks, I think but yeah. that would be more likely. Like Kyler Murray season. Yeah, because yep. I yep. think we're a team the that's going to, yep. not only that, but I think we're, yep. we are a team that's going to continue to grow. Get better, and, and they have a chance of yeah. being good, as good as they're going to get pretty early. That's good. That's good prediction. That's good analysis, I think. And that's definitely what I'd want. Um, I, I think you're... You don't want to win them both? Absolutely, I want to <laughs> win them both. Um, and we're going to win them both. But interesting, it dovetails with this you guys may have seen the little graphic with the stat on it about the total number of conference championships for each team in the big 12 currently in where has ever been in the big 12 or those coming into the big 12 which is obviously none across all sports it's texas number one with an absurd number like 214 and I, I need to look it up so i don't uh, misquote it then it's oklahoma state at 91 oklahoma at 90 and then it kind of goes down from there, uh, and, and and there's a few close, and then there it starts to spill off pretty quickly into teams that have virtually none, and then of course some that have actually none. But that's kind of interesting, just another way of looking at the fact that these teams are le- leaving the conference, and um, they are taking a lot of the, the history with it. Uh, it's going to be just a very weird conference when they in every sport and everything they're trying to do. It's the, the, the account was Kyle. Yeah, uh, the Kyle Umlang. Umlang, yeah. He tweeted a few things about that, um, but obviously quite a bit of it favoring. A lot of swimming favoring trophies in Texas. there for Texas. Yeah, there's a, there are a lot of uh, um, swimming and, and some tennis and some some other, some, some stuff. Track. Yeah, some track, was, yeah, some track was, and field. So it was uh, one-armed transgender rowing. So yeah, it was it was 217 for Texas, okay, it's awful. 91 Oklahoma State, 90 Baylor, 90 Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it, you you have to beg the question of, of what other sports they're they're. Well, we'll surpass um, that this year. We will softball, um, gymnastics, that'll, baseball, that'll get basketball, women's basketball. We're gonna win it no, all, baby. The other ones will get us over OSU at least. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we have a Maybe good a very good chance of of being the. The number two team. Depend well, it depends on how they're equestrian teams. But how too. about that gap? How about that Texas gap? And that just speaks to the size of the athletic department and everything they've yeah, got. Yeah, the that's, money that's, that's incredible. Pumped into there for sure. Well, let's go from the college uh, or from the conference championship to just the full playoff teams. 
Everybody give me your four playoff teams. Um, you want me to start? We'll go in reverse order. I've got Georgia. Not because I think they're going to be that good, although I do think they're going to be really good. They've got to replace some key people, and that's tough to do year in and year out. But they don't play anybody, as we'll get to the over-unders in a minute. Michigan, Florida State, and Ohio State. You thought I was going to say OU. OU's a sleeper. Connor, what do you got? <laughs> I've got a little bit more of an interesting one. Um, I've got... Uh, did you go in order of the... You just... You just no, I just... I was just listening to I actually seeded mine. Um, oh, wow. I've got Clemson at the one seed. I have Oklahoma at the two seed. I've got USC at the three seed and Georgia at the four seed. Ooh. So if we Georgia have a, if we, the four seed, you get a semifinal with, uh, and I'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in the. Uh, we'll get to. Oh, that I can the, see it. Yeah, we'll get to that in the uh, over under predictions. If they but, lose in the conference championship, um, I, OU schedule. You get past a few games here, man. Oh, I I almost put OU on here no, just because it and, can be but done. I mean, it, and it's you're not far off a two seed. I don't think. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be a weird year. And again, I could have all four of these wrong. I originally had Ohio State in over USC. Looking at USC schedule again, we'll get into it, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm gonna. This, that's a Homer hot take right there. I like that. Okay, Lucas, what do you got? I've got Georgia. <clears throat> I've got uh, Michigan. I'm not. I'm not crazy about. The Big Ten, not not sure. I'm. Uh, I agree. I agree with that. Even though I got two teams there in it. Yeah, I was surprised when you had both of them. Um, I've got. Where was uh, Clemson? I've got in there, and I didn't have a fourth team. Oh, you. Put OU in there. Do it. It's Do not going to be possible when they don't make the uh, college championship game. Do it. I'll go Kansas State. Whoa. Wow. Okay. They could right. be this year's TCU. Okay. Jay? Or they could lose six games. Um, Defending conference champions. I'll go just slightly out of the box just for fun. I'm going to take LSU, Clemson, Washington. Woo. Did you see the injury they had today? No. Penix? Uh, no. Okay. Somebody. No, that was the Redskins. Oh, was it the Redskins? I it wasn't. Think so. Okay. I, I just saw Washington. It doesn't matter. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I really, I'm just kind of going for more fun than anything. Just something interesting. Okay. Same. And I'll even roll with, uh, I never believe this, this hype for this team. I'm going to throw out a Penn State. Oh, wow. That is pretty different. Well, we better we better get to the, They're the over-unders then. Because They're preseason number seven. Yeah. And I don't know. that. It, it is so hard to believe in them. I can't. Based I on how many times they are just a It's mainly because flop. I absolutely cannot are they the coach. Are they the Texas of the North in terms of just flopping on – Big expectations? No, because they usually have a better record than Texas. Well, they just don't yeah. get over the hump. It's They've true. won they won one conference championship the in the last twenty years, right? Not sure. 
Something like that, yeah. Maybe and that was years, maybe fifteen. Uh, that was when they played USC in the Rose Bowl. In right? the Rose Bowl, yeah. No, they got, weren't conference champions that year. I don't think they got an at-large bid because, because of the playoff. I think Ohio the, State. Was Ohio the State was in the playoff. Yeah. 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 Maybe they haven't won one. I it, you might look that up. Well, let's go through some over/unders. We've got some select teams. We're going to look at the top six plus a few others of note, which is pretty apropos given some of these picks that we've made. I, I guess I made some good choices on who I selected. So, Georgia is supposed to win 11.5, and, and I've got under. I'm going to take the under, which means they lose one game. Now, go find that game on their schedule. It's going to be hard, but they do play Tennessee. At Tennessee, they play Ole Miss, who may be good. Um, they play Florida in, in the, the giant cocktail party. Who knows? Um, it just takes one of those teams to have a good game against them. They play South Carolina early. We're hearing good things about Spencer Rattler. Maybe that is a game that sneaks up as a trap game for them, kind of. They, they don't expect it, their first SEC matchup. I don't know. Last year, they definitely struggled in several games. Um, they obviously pulled it out in every case, but it doesn't seem hard for me to take the under because it's just tough to go undefeated. What do you guys think? I'm same, same boat. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't pick a game out on that schedule um, that I would say I favored another team. But like you said, 12 games is is very, very hard. Um, I know they did it last year, and there were a couple games out there that they probably shouldn't have won. Um, you know, you look at a game like the Missouri game where they're getting beat late and, and definitely should have lost that game. Um, new quarterback, new system, or not new system, but new quarterback, uh, some, some big turnover there, which... They're always going to have guys, but I'm, I'm with you. 12, 12 wins is tough. I'm going to go under 11 and a half. And that's what I had for the exact same reason. Yeah. Uh, I still think no. they're going to have hunger, but you've won two. It wouldn't be that, tough to it wouldn't be that crazy to see them slip in one, mat, one game. Yeah. Yeah, the schedule's too easy <clears throat> to not win 11 games for them with their talent. Um, I do think I like your idea about South Carolina early. Breaking in a new quarterback doesn't have the experience – that's the only team early in the season that has a puncher's chance of sneaking up on Georgia. I would say the, another potential loss is at Tennessee. Yeah. But it's late enough in the season that it gives their new quarterback 10 games to get ready. But at Tennessee is not an easy place to play. So. I mean, that'll be, the, that'll be the more than likely the Alabama equivalent game for Tennessee that they had last year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that, that game will be fun to watch as a, from a, a neutral fan perspective. And I don't know Tennessee's full schedule, but that's a pretty big barometer game for them, mm-hmm. too, to see if they can continue things and, and stay on track for what they seem to be building down there. I'm pretty sure Tennessee's schedule is actually insanely difficult. I thought it was. I think they play Alabama. They play Bama. They always play Bama. They, yeah. And you might pull that up while we go through the next one. So Michigan, 10.5. I'm going to take the under. Um, and that's interesting because I have them as a playoff team. So maybe I'm not consistent in every pick that I make. But it's just, as I look at the schedule, I look at Penn State and Ohio State on the schedule late. I look at who they are and what they've been. I'm just not a big believer, and I just don't think they're going to... I think they'll slip up somewhere, somehow. One thing that is going to be something that's tough for a lot of teams in the Big Ten, I think, to be honest, is Nebraska. Because under Matt Rule, they could be 
they could actually be pretty good, and they could be they could be a team that's a sleeper and that you really don't see coming. You've you've been able to put Nebraska to bed so often, so easily, year after year after year. It's hard to keep kids motivated, and that's a whole new regime in place. He, I'm not saying he's got to have, have them good. He'll just have them competitive, yeah. and where they're they they may lose two games that are absolute jokes they shouldn't lose, and then turn around and win two games you never see coming. Now, did, did they suspend him for three or four games? Uh, Harbaugh, three games. No, 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 no. It's they're 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 re-reviewing it. I thought he won't. No, miss, the NCAA. Uh, he's is, doing three he, games They're doing himself. it themselves. It's, Michigan yeah, State self-imposed three game suspension for three? Harbaugh. And okay. then is the NCAA coming back and reviewing? I don't think the, so. Oh, so it's I just the self-imposed. Deal. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, if, if it was four and his first game back was that at Nebraska, that would be an interesting. No, four yeah. be Rutgers. No, but if no, he sat if four. it was four, if he oh, sat, yeah, four. If he sat four, that, that would be a tough first game back. I've got under as well. I, I don't. I don't have a big. Um, I don't know. That that machine has been rolling to an extent that I don't think it can sustain. Um, and they just don't look that good. Yeah, I mean, even when they've been winning a lot. I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's a it's a relatively. And there's they don't play at least they don't play a preseason ranked team until week ten, um, which. As something speaks pretty loudly to the Big Ten as a whole, I think. But at Nebraska is not easy. Going the next week at Minnesota is, I don't think it's ever a fun trip. You never know what's going to happen in Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm with you. Ten and a half. I'm taking the under. Lucas, what do you think? I've got the under, even though I have them as a playoff team as well. I think they can lose two games and still win the Big Ten title. Yeah, well, that's true. And that, That'd be the way to get them there. That yeah. could get them in. Yeah. Jay. Agreed. Ten and two. Wow. Ohio State, I have over, um, and I think for all the same logic, you could say under, so I tell you the truth, I went through my lineup, and I said, I've got too many unders, I need to find some overs, and they were the one that, to me, is the team that I can believe in the most, even though I hate them, I, I don't want them to win, but I could see them winning quite a few games um, on that uh, of those that are going to be competitive games. I'm not a believer in Notre Dame, so it's kind of easy for me to write that one off as not that tough. I'm not a believer in Penn State, so it's going to be easy for that one to not be as tough as it is on paper. So uh, They'd have to lose twice, and I don't see it happening. Connor? I've got the under on that one. Um, right. I don't know. It's just... Disagreement. I, Thank yeah, God. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know if I'm just blindly pessimistic toward the rest of the field and, and blindly optimistic towards uh, my own preference, but... Um, I've got the under. Okay. Lucas? I've got the under as well. I, I can see two losses on their schedule, um, just like I did with Michigan. I don't know what they have at quarterback. That's true. I know they have something because it's Ohio State. I just don't know what it is. So, Jay? Under. All right. Well, I will happily be the odd man out that does not predict that one correctly. I think it's pretty interesting to have Ohio State, Georgia, and Bama all replacing – Quarterbacks. Extremely good quarterbacks. And if you looked at all those schools, you want to be Ohio State in that situation. Extremely good or extremely effective. I don't mean to correct you and jump in on that. But no, yeah. no, you're good. Yeah. Stetson not, he's was not, effective. He's effective. He's not good but or great. But, but I mean, Bryce saying, Young and C.J. Stroud were yes, very, very, very good. good. If you're Ryan Day, you're in the better spot of those three schools. Replacing a quarterback in the Big Ten, in my opinion, much much easier to do than going and, and having some mm-hmm. freshman or redshirt freshman step in at, at Georgia or Alabama. Um, given Georgia's schedule, we'll, we'll see. But. I remember you said that next year when 
when we're doing that. Oh, I'm. Trust me, I'm not saying Arnold's going to be. A <laughs> that might be beater, the easiest transition in the history. You're talking of about Arnold's going to be our starter after after Gabriel goes down. Mm. In yeah, game four. And it's going to be sad because he's on track to win the Heisman. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, wait till you hear my Heisman loss. So, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Alabama ten and a half. I have the under. They've got competitive opponents in as far as preseason ranked teams and quite a few matchups plus you got to go to Auburn we know that's always a difficult situation they've got to replace a quarterback uh, among other players like you always have to do so I just I look at at Kentucky I look at a lot of things on there and I, and I say there's a lot of opportunities for two losses there uh, what do you guys think under I've got the under as well. I think they go ten and two. I went over. I think uh, you are I think a believer Alabama's, in Nick Saban. I think Alabama's ticked off. They were last year too. I don't. Yeah, they may be. They may and I don't know playoff. if it's a good place to be. And they also. I mean, everyone talks about Georgia's talent, but you're still talking about they're either number one or number two. Literally every single season for the last eight years in recruiting, so it's there. Yeah, the um, talent's there. You're right. And they haven't, right. you know, what is it? At least two years now, they haven't reached the playoffs. So, well, you've got a, a Tennessee revenge game for whatever um, credence you want to put into that type of thinking, but that's a tough matchup. You have LSU where. I'm not so sure about LSU, but if they continue to be as good as they seem to be, that's going to be a competitive game. Texas is probably not as good as as advertised by the second game. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, Iron Bowl's always interesting. I don't know. It, it, I'll, I, I'll find that one to be the most surprising of those we've mentioned so far if I'm wrong about the under, but your logic is pretty good. They've got a lot of talent there. It, it is a deep Bench was your under 10 sure. wins under yes. 10 and a half but i mean you're going with 10 yes yeah i mean i get okay. i get it i get it at 10 if they lose two yeah, I'm but win. Just, i didn't know like <laughs> I don't i'm not saying they're gonna win nine. only seven no okay. no i don't think they're gonna i'll I don't take think the victory but yeah unless something weird goes yeah, in the we'll tank to, i don't see him yeah. losing we'll see four weird. i don't see him losing four games i could see them losing three games two games are by far the most likely of them not you know covering the over under but um, you might get deep into that season. If you're looking at that LSU game and they're undefeated, you're saying, well, it's going to be hard for them not to cover that because they, they don't have a lot of competition from there on out unless, unless something changes. And obviously things will change as the season progresses. These preseason rankings are, you know, guesses. LSU, 9.5. I have the over. Um, I don't like saying that, but as I look at that schedule... I, they they got to play one of my uh, playoff teams in Florida State, but then after that it's it's Alabama's the toughest test by far. The only other thing on there is a supposedly top twenty five Texas A and M and a supposedly top twenty five Ole Miss. So I, I think they can cover nine and a half. I was back and forth on this one. This one's I just I don't know. And again, it's made more hatred for Chip Kelly than anything. But um, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, yeah, yeah, same, not the same thing, but <laughs> same level, not the, not quite the same level of hatred, I guess. Um, I, I, I ended up on the over as well. I don't want to be. Um, Agreed. 
I don't want to be, but I think a Georgia LSU conference championship game would be fun. Um, so I no, I, I also have the over on that. I've got the over also. Over as well. All right. USC. Now we start getting contentious potentially. So um, I've got USC nine and a half. I'm going to say under. Let me let me give you some logic on that. Have you seen USC in the way that they try to give games away? Uh, I'm banking on the Lincoln Riley things start catching up to him, and this will be just a preview of more I have to say about USC in a minute, as that's one of the teams I'm going to highlight when we get to that section. But I, I feel like there's several teams on this schedule that have a chance to, if they play intelligently, do things that thwart the Lincoln-Riley system, and I don't believe in their defense one iota, one iota. They play Oregon and Utah, so right there, there's two very challenging games. On paper, their toughest matchup is Washington in terms of preseason ranking. And those games come at the end of the year with a, a trip out to California, which I don't think they're going to lose that game, but it's going to be just one more thing in the mix of of a of, of really difficult Notre Dame, Utah, at California, and it's at Notre Dame, by the way, Washington, at Oregon, and then UCLA. So there's a big chance that they collapse towards the end of the year and lose enough games that I'm correct on this this pick. They only have to lose three times. Connor? Got the over. Um, I, I, I'm, I still agree with a lot of the um, analysis that you just kind of laid out there. My only thing is I, I feel like this team's going to be very 2018 Oklahoma-esque where you, ha- you see USC against some of these bigger teams in the, the Notre Dames, the Utah, the Washington, the Oregon – and you see them scraping by by the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they do drop one game uh, somewhere along the way, um, and hopefully two. I'd love to be wrong in my playoff prediction. Sure, sure. Um, but I, I think it's going to see. You're, I think right now in fall camp, it's Lincoln and Caleb, and it's how are we going to run this offense? What are we going to do to make sure that we are scoring, uh, drive in and drive out, regardless of what Alex Grinch and the defense are doing. Um, so I've got the over, uh, reluctantly, but I do. I think this is the perfect number, because if it was ten and a half, I'm definitely going under. And, oh, by the way, if it was ten and a half. I'm definitely going. It just changed. It over. was it was ten and a half. Um, it was and ten and a half. It, it it opened at ten and a half and moved to nine and a half. Because I would have definitely gone under then. Mm-hmm. Over eight and a half, definitely going over, but nine and a half is the perfect number. I think they could. Schedule-wise, none of us really think Notre Dame is that good. They've got beaten twice by Utah last year. I really year. worry about Utah, though, and the injuries that they have. They've man. got revenge yeah. against Utah, and they get them at home, which is not like some big home, you know, big crowd or anything. But And then you get Washington, Oregon on the road. But the first six games are garbage. You've got no, literally nobody on the schedule the first six games. Everything else is backloaded. Um, maybe the defenses figure stuff out by then, or maybe they get hit by injuries and they have no depth. So I'm going to say under, and it's close. I think they lose three wow. games. Nice. All right. Caleb can't be mad. Caleb's going to get tackled in the backfield more this year. 
I don't think their offensive line's any better than it was. And all that magical running around that he does is bound to catch up. The to teams him. have a lot of film now. So And he doesn't have the arm and accuracy that Kyler Murray had. And he he'll have good receivers, but he's gotta bring some guys along. They've gotta reload a little bit at receiver because of who they lost with Addison and didn't they lose one other I think that was their biggest name. Everyone else was more of a, a role, role filler. Jay, what do you think? Over under? Yeah, I've gone back and forth. I think they're more likely to be ten and two or eleven and one, but I'm going to say under with nine and three, and a little bit of a bold prediction here. I'm going to say when the when the wheels start to fall off and Caleb gets banged up, he's going to cash it in. He's got too much on the line for a, a non-playoff team, a non-championship squad. There's, I think he's. I don't even know if he finished the season. That's what I'm gonna throw out there. I think there's a lot of people in his ear that would tell so, him not to as well. That's. I love that. I think he's too much of a competitor. For I'm that. gonna come back to that, and I totally had forgotten that I'd had the same thought. But at least I got it down on paper. We'll talk about that in just a minute. That's a, I think that's a great observation though, and in more ways than one, it's not just Caleb. But I, like I like if they that. lose, if they lose somehow, like back to back Notre Dame, Utah, and let's say he goes out against Cal and gets banged up a little bit, tries to come out there against Washington, and it's just not right. It's gonna be hard. You've yeah, got, you have everything to lose. Yeah, and nothing, nothing to prove, nothing to gain. You're gonna look for a, a, a second outlet, you know, first look, second look. If it's not a clear run, you're dumping that ball away. You're you're running away from danger for safety, not for the advantage of your team. Ah, that's I think that's a really good point. Well, turning to a few other teams of note and interest, let's go to Clemson at ten and a half. I got the under. I'm the only one right that did not put them in the playoffs among us, and I better justify that some. So I just think that Clemson is in a little bit of regression. And I think it'll continue for a while. And that might be motivated reasoning because I don't like Dabo and I don't like um, a lot of things about that that group. Um, but I think they lost a lot also with Brent leaving. So I, I'm going to say under under 10.5 is a lot. They, they All they have to do is roll off two losses. And it, it seems they've got enough with Florida State. Who knows if Miami's at Miami is going to be competitive. Notre Dame, North Carolina, there's enough on the schedule that, it, and out South Carolina to end the season, there's enough out there that they could lose two games. What do you got, Connor? I've got the over just to reflect the uh, playoff prediction. I do think the I think the ACC is weak, and I, the more that you talk about it, the more that I think Clemson may fall into that weakness, uh, maybe that dying uh, last breath that you see in that conference. The, 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 their conference schedule is, I mean, it's not, very fun from them. I mean, it's you got Florida State week four, uh, Miami at Miami. Um, Syracuse has always given them trouble. So I don't know. A lot can happen. You're right. So I, I think you you see one of two things. I think you see a pretty bounce back dominant Clemson that you've seen in the ACC of the past, and I think their quarterback's pretty decent um, that they have coming in. Uh, or you see, like you just mentioned, that regression really take its place in that program. So. Um, all that to say, I have them winning more than ten, get ten and a half games. Lucas, what do you got? I've got the under. I've got them ten and two. Same situation, Michigan. They they win their 
conference championship game and get in the playoffs. I think there'll be one team with one loss, and I think we'll have three teams with two losses get in. I think it's a major year for parity in college football. Jay. At the top. I've got the under at 10-2. and two. Um, I don't think they're on a decline at all. I think their defense is – they still have incredible amount of players. And – Well, 85 on scholarship. They had just a putrid, putrid offense last year, and they were still a – a 10-win team. And, in that conference, yeah, like Connor says. Yeah. The, the, you know, the freshman that they played last year that they should have put in earlier better than, over DJ. Better than DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's now had a full winter, spring, fall ball. And, like it or not, they did add Garrett Riley. And, I, you know... Say what you want about the Rileys. They know how to they know how to call plays and they know how to get people open, and they're just going to be way more talented than everybody else. And I probably a good fit for for him, just like it's been a good fit for Lincoln in the Big Twelve and now the the Pac twelve that you are in these weak leagues and you can do the things you do and and have success offensively. Yeah, I could see him losing early. Um, to, to Florida Charles State. To Southern? Oh, Florida State, okay. And then, you know, I could see him again losing to South Carolina, but it's not a conference game. So it, it, yeah. it's two losses, but it keeps him in the... In the hunt for everything. In the hunt for everything, so... But that'd be the under, yeah. Well, Texas, nine and a half. Um, I've got the over. And that that means I don't think they'll lose three times. They're, they're going to lose to Alabama in Tuscaloosa. They're going to lose to Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl, and they're not going to lose again. They're going to get by, even though their their schedule has some some difficulties on it. Um, Kansas is a difficult team for them, apparently, but it's also a team that that is more competitive than they usually are. You got Kansas State; that's tough. I don't think at TCU is going to be as tough as it looks on paper. I just don't think very much of, of TCU, but Texas Tech at home to end the season might actually be um, every bit as tough, if not more tough, than that TCU matchup. But I, I've got the over. Same. I've got the over. A lot of the same reasons. I've got the under. Um, again, losing to Bama and two conference games, but still making the Big 12 title. That would justify that three-loss team thing you've got going. That's not going to happen. Uh, Jay? I'll go under as well, nine and three, just because I can't stand Texas and <laughs> they're back. And everyone talks about they're just just a stacked elite roster from Texas. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that put up the graphics of four and five star athletes on the team and we have sixty five and they have sixty four. <laughs> but they have an elite roster. Right. We don't have one. No. No. Yeah. But Texas does. Yeah. So and it's just Texas. I think there's too much too much pressure. They haven't done it. Sarkeesian hasn't done it. Um, I, think I hope a, they don't wise up logic. and put in, you know, the backup, which would be worse than scenario. No. <laughs> yeah, I think Malik. you're right. Yeah. It, what's his name? I think it's Malik Murphy. Is it yeah. Malik Murphy? So that'll be very interesting. If you want to mark down a thing to watch this year, it'll be what happens in the backup role at Texas in quarterback. And the politics that'll go into that, and all of the 
the fan support, the boosters, everybody, who they're rooting for, what they want to see happen. That's going to be real intriguing to see how that plays out. I think that's got a lot of difficulties for that I mean, coaching staff. That kid staff. looks like a freak. He looks really good. And he looks a heck of a lot better than the most overrated player we've seen since Chris Sims, which is Arch Manning. It's, got, it's very much Texas. It looks like they could definitely have a major Apple White, Chrissy mm-hmm. Sims scenario for yeah. sure. I'll be in Austin about uh, 10 days after the Bama game, so get us get us some feel get for what's going group. on on the we'll on see yeah, what happens on the ground. Get us some some embed reporting. Well, before we get to this last team, I just want to mention how it's intriguing and amazing how good these over/unders are because they really do nail it, I think in terms of putting good numbers out there. And there's not a lot of margin for error since we're only dealing with a 12 team, 12 games in each case, but these have been tough. Last one I want us to talk about, Oklahoma State, six and a half. Obviously not where that program wants to be, but probably where that program's going to be for a while in terms of the type of over-under they're looking at in a preseason. I've got the under, and I don't just say it out of some kind of hatred. As I look across that schedule, I see lots of opportunity for them to slip up. And some of it could come early, especially as they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation and, and a number of, of key uh, positions that they've got to fill. Uh, Arizona State At Arizona State in that second matchup, that's going to be tough. At Iowa State then in the fourth matchup, Kansas State at home, Kansas at West Virginia. These things get tough for them really fast. And so there's a lot of opportunity for them to slip up, I feel like. Connor? Uh, I've got the over. I think Gundy's going to do it again and, and outperform probably um, from where he should. I agree. I think there's a lot of games there that uh, should be in flux. The thing I kind of lean back on, I think Bowman is a serviceable quarterback, and I think that's that's going to work well for Gundy. Um, I've got him at – I actually went through, did a win-loss on all these games. I got him at 8-4, and four actually. Um, so I got him a full game and a half over the – Which would be very much in keeping with what Mike Gunn yeah. usually does. And, I mean, top to bottom, it's it's not a super difficult schedule outside of one or two games. Uh, eh, two or three games, I guess. So we'll see. Um, I, but I, I think I think Gundy outperforms himself again. Um, so I'll go over on Oklahoma State. I've got over as well. Um, I think – Seeing Bowman when he played at Tech look like a good passer. If they tailored the offense as the more you know leech style offense, I don't I don't know what they're capable of since they lost a bunch of their wide receivers. Don't know what the running back room looks like outside of one kid. Um, but if if they try to throw the ball a lot more and quickly, you know, run that that kind of Texas Tech style defense, which he's familiar with, then I think they can get over the total. I really want to be wrong about this one. I really want to see Oklahoma State go four and eight. I think it would be awesome. I just, oh, me I too. don't know. There's something about that. Gundy does as bad as this team looks. Gundy does turn nothing into something more times than than what I think he should. I'm gonna go under. I think the streak of seven-win seasons for Gundy comes to an end. My reasoning mostly is not that they've ever been some 
even mediocre recruiting team. But the last several years, the emphasis on recruiting has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And Gundy's done a good job of still winning games that they shouldn't and really coaching players up. I'll give him credit for that. I I think he is a really good coach, and he gets the most out of his players. But at some point, you can't keep being a 7-8 win team and have the 70th ranked recruiting class. You just can't. Yeah, it runs out at some point, right? Especially if the schedule doesn't work out for you. And they used to be, you know, 10 years ago, they were in the 30s. Yeah, And then then they went into 40s and 50s. And he just... I don't know. His propensity to... And the difference between the 30s to the 40s is not much of anything. In fact, that could just be random error. The difference between the 30s and the 70s is a really big deal. Yeah. There's and significance I, and the league, there. I think the league is very solid. And like Lots Lucas, of opportunities the parody, to lose. And he just has not kept up. I, I, talent-wise, on paper, if you want to go with that route, I... I think they're probably the ninth best team in the league. Yeah, I think that you could make a strong case for that. Um, just depends on a on a couple of teams where they shake out, but they're not. I don't see how they're in the top four or five. No. By any stretch no. of the imagination, they're not. They can't. They can't be close. If they do, it's some really weird, fluky thing that came together for them. And you look at the fact that they've lost the marginal players that they've lost, like a Trace Ford, to the guys to graduation off of that defense from two years ago. It's got to start adding up. I think you make a really good point there with that. Well, we need to cover something that is, because this is the pod before, the last pod we'll do before the game's coming up on Saturday. And so we've got... We'll have a pod on Sunday, but that'll be after the Saturday Week Zero games, which means we need to do some Realist Deal Locks of the Week. The Realist Deal Locks of the Week. So let's start by recapping what a stellar season we had last year. Do we have to? We should. We should just in, in the... In the you know, because it's full gonna disclosure. It's going to be so much better this year. It's good. For, yeah, a frame of reference is we, good. You can't really, you know, take off until you hit rock bottom, and then you spring off that bottom. So last year in 2022, um, we picked uh, 45 games. I think we picked three games every week. I I was correct 49 percent of the time, and that was the number that led the pack. Jay was correct 47% of the time. Connor and Lucas both 42% of the time. Rounding it out for the group as a whole, 45% of the time, we got the locks of the week correct, which is not really what you're looking for. So let's turn that around this year, guys. We are 81 and 99 last year. Let's turn it around and let's start right now. And so I've got my locks of the week. I'm going to throw them out there. We don't have a lot of games to choose from, so we're inevitably going to have some of the same games if not the same picks but maybe some of the opposite picks i'm going to go right out the gate with the obvious one san jose state getting 31 and a half versus usc san jose state covers that is a lot of points for usc to cover with that defense and the fact that they are going to give up points that's a backdoor cover just waiting to happen 
My next one is Navy getting 20 and a half from Notre Dame. Again, I think that that is it's difficult. Navy always has a chance to play against Notre Dame. Always a always t- seems to play them tough. They they play where where Ireland this playing year. Playing in Ireland, playing the, playing the Dublin Ireland. game. We saw some weird stuff there last year. So. Well, one of the only win Northwestern had last year against uh, anyone. That's uh. a that's an island nation. It's surrounded by water. That really speaks to the Navy's um, strength. So I'm going to give them competitive advantage in that. And the last one is. Vandy, they're going to cover 17 and a half against Hawaii, so that's a that's a home game. Um, is their stadium going to be ready? Well, that's a good question, but no, I don't but think it, it won't. Matter. It will not be ready. They're going to play in a high school stadium. Um, Vandy <laughs> is so that that favors them because that's kind of a high school program. Um, so that that's my locks of the week, Connor. What do you got? Um, I'm going to take your uh, initial one as well. I'm going to take San Jose. Uh, at the plus 31. What, or would you have it at? Yep, plus yeah, 31. 31. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take that as well. I think uh, Lucas mentioned it before the podcast. San Jose has been a competitive team, at least within their lower <laughs> lower tier schedule throughout the past few years. Um, so we'll see what they can do late in that game. Uh, I'm going to take UTEP uh, over Jacksonville. That line is even right now uh, over Jacksonville State. Uh, we played UTEP last year. They are one of the better non-power five competing teams one of the best we've ever seen yeah so uh you step foot in norman I'll, i'm gonna give you some credit and then lastly i'm gonna actually go new mexico state uh mm. covering the minus six and a half against umass uh i don't know if umass knows but they're not supposed to play football <laughs> so i'll take new mexico state in that one i've got new mexico state also minus six and a half san diego state minus two and a half against ohio against Ohio, and I'm going to go USC minus 31 against San Jose State, strictly for the fact that I think they will get Caleb out of there pretty early, and they'll want to get a lot of work out of Malachi Nelson in the late third. Couple. Fourth. Pick sixes. Nice. He'll get two or three touchdowns in the last, you know, 25 minutes of play game time that he's going to get. That's decent logic. I'm with Lucas on that one for the same reasons. Uh, a Grinch defense also is designed to play these lower these lower teams. Uh, they'll be fresh. They'll be stunting and moving around and pushing around smaller players. It's when they face stronger, more competitive offensive lines that they struggle. Caleb's going to absolutely light it up early. I think they're going to score easy, easy points. And like Lucas has said, Malachi Nelson's got to get in the game. And... He's not going to just Hand the go ball through off. the motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're gonna, he's going to have to push the ball down the field and see what he can do. So they'll cover that one. I'll go... I'm only picking this game because it's one of the only other good teams that's playing. I'll take Navy just because I think they'll slow the game down. Um, maybe the over, overseas stuff plays into some of it. Not that high on Notre Dame. Breaking in a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator, and like I said, Navy slows it down. They don't, Navy just won't give Notre Dame that much time to, to beat that spread. The clock doesn't stop on first down anymore, so Notre Dame and could have less possessions yep. than they even would have before with that triple option. Let's just go ahead Navy and throw runs. Notre Dame on the on the upset alert this week. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, it could it's, be. It's it's, it's and a I'll weird go. Game. 
I honestly don't know anything about these teams, but I'll, I'll take San Diego State. Over Ohio? Yeah. Mm, got a consensus there, huh? Say that one again. I'm sorry. I got San distracted. Diego State San to Diego cover. State. Okay. Yeah, at two and a half. Yeah. That's a... All right. Well, that's... Those are pretty solid. I, I don't see how we miss on any of those, so we're going to start in really good shape. Um, so... Let's get into some esoteric predictions then to round this off. Um... I've got a few things I want to cover. One would be just the question we've been talking about USC. We, uh, Jay mentions Alex Grinch and his defense. So will Alex Grinch be at USC come January 1, 2024? My answer is yes. I don't think Lincoln is. I think if uh, Lincoln's winning games, I mean, who's the front half of their? We, we talked about it. The front half of their schedule is, oh, it's eh. I guess you said January 1. I'm thinking back to when he fired Mike Stoops midseason. Um, oh, man. He supposedly just quit. I, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say he, if I'm going to stick to my storyline of USC going over 9.5, being in the playoff, Grinch is still there. I still think they have all their weaknesses, all their pitfalls, but I still think Lincoln chooses to ignore those facts, um, even after a playoff appearance and getting beat by Oklahoma. So, January 1, I do believe he'll still be there. But by next season, he won't because Lincoln will be in the NFL and he will not be taking Alex Grinch with him. Okay. Well, but will he be at USC? No. Whoever, whoever comes in will not be keeping Alex Grinch. Gotcha. Deion Sanders is not going to keep Alex Grinch <laughs> yeah. on. Cliff Kingsbury is not going to keep Alex Grinch? So, Jay, what do you think? I think that he will be there. Because he will be the bowl game interim head coach. Ooh, interesting. Back back to that Where's Lincoln weird scenario of Lucas's or Yeah. He's okay. not gonna you're not gonna take an NFL job in December. Yeah, why not? Eh. He's not gonna take one anyway, he's not gonna be offered one. But so here's the deal. He's not gonna be there. Alex Grinch will not be there. He needs to be the fall guy and by then he'll need to be the fall guy. They're gonna have lost several games. And especially as they roll off a lot of bad ones, it's going to be clear that, that it's time for him to go. Keeping in mind, they're not in a New Year's Six Bowl or later. Their their bowl game is going to be played much earlier in December, so it's going to be very easy for him to, to make that change at coach. And that's because, rolling into our next uh, now, segment. I will say, uh-huh. in, in reality, because of the way the timeline is for signing the December period for recruits, if the season goes how I think it's kind of going to go and they're really just they're not in the elite bowl games or playoff contention, I do think Riley, like you said, needs a fall guy. He'll dump Grinch before that early signing period because he's got to show kids who he's going to get to come in. That's a good point. Um, well, that's going to go into my – I want us to, to make some predictions about specific teams. Uh, if we've got anything to throw out there, maybe these are hot takes. So I'm going to focus on USC. So they're going to lose three-plus games. Caleb Williams will check out mentally, uh, a la what Jay was saying, even though he'll have a great season. I'm not saying he's not going to have a great season, but he's going to check out mentally. Alex Grinch is going to be fired, and the take on Lincoln Riley will be that he's been figured out. Among the problems for Lincoln Riley, I think the play clock is going to affect him negatively, the changes to the play clock. Um, 
if if anyone is thinking strategically about it, they have more opportunity to steal the ball away from USC and and possess the clock down in a way that you didn't have before because the clock won't stop on first downs. You can open up your playbook and possess the ball for longer and reduce the play the the play count that that USC has. So I I predict that it will be an impediment for him. I think teams will have even more ability to drain the clock and shorten the game. Those that are smart enough to take them up on it. And there's a lot of supposedly smart programs out there in in Pac-12 land. They weren't smart enough to figure out how to get into a good conference, but maybe Stanford and Cal and these other teams will be able to figure this out some. So I I think things start to catch up to Lincoln Riley at USC the way they caught up to him at Oklahoma. And one of those things is a new wrinkle of the play clock. And I do think that there's a big risk that Caleb Williams checks out a bit from from play for the just sake of what has he got to 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 risk it for if he's if depending on his Heisman situation he probably would want to keep going for that but otherwise playing it safe to to me makes a lot of sense so that's that's my sort of hot takes on a, a, a single team you got any Connor um nothing to that extent but I do have I mean it may be a hot take just because nationally there's a lot of people who are high on these guys Steve, you're you're obviously somewhat high on them based on your uh, playoff prediction, but um, I've got Florida State disappointing this year. Um, I know all signs, at least you know, at the end of last year and, and maybe throughout last season, were pointing towards that team kind of up and coming. But I've got them being that team that a lot of people are talking about that goes on to disappoint. Um, I've got them at eight and four this year, um, which I think by by what everyone's saying. Um, by what they're wanting to be nationally and on all the talks about them uh, leaving the SEC or the ACC potentially. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's something about that. It's just a bad taste type of thing. So I've got them going eight and four and disappointing, but um, not a lot of specifics on, on reasons why. Okay. You guys got any big hot takes on any teams or anything you want to talk about? What do you guys feel about Texas Tech, Jay? You said throw something at you. I'm throwing, okay. I'm throwing Texas, Texas Tech. Tech at you. Um, they're getting a whole lot of love. And... and I just think they're going to be what Texas Tech usually is. I think they're going to be a scrappy out. Joey McGuire is doing a good job there. He is a very good recruiter and motivator for his team. Um, but he, there are a lot of sleeper picks to win the Big 12 and different things. I just don't think they're anywhere near I, yeah, that. that. That's my. That's what I'm wondering as well. I don't know where any of that is coming from with this conference. Um, I don't even see – I don't – if they, I mean, win, if they win eight games, that's a great season. As up and down team. as we were last year, that's a game, I mean, we had. That's that's a game that we should have won without question. Uh, going back to your team of Florida State, we didn't even have starters on our offensive line. We didn't have our running backs. Uh, and Florida State was all in. Yeah. Every player that could have gone to that sat out for the draft, played, and players that could have gone to the draft are coming back for this year, and they're totally bought in. And I think we were a better team than our record was last year, but it took them, you know, a last-second field goal to beat us. And we were depleted. I just don't see the hype around them either. So anything else, any other teams to talk about? Anybody have um, this year's... TCU. 
No, I, I don't. I don't have any I'll say long shot that's going to be there. Even though I brought it up, I don't have a, this year's TCU. I am very interested to watch Wisconsin. With Fickle? Yeah. Yeah. Only because they're changing their entire culture. I mean, everyone knows for the last 20 years, Wisconsin is going to... Ground and pound. Run the ball at you 50 times a game, play solid defense, and just wear you out. And they brought in the offensive coordinator from North Carolina. And they've got Mordecai, who was a very good quarterback, albeit at an SMU, so it's a, a step up. But I do think Fickle is a very good coach. And as long as he doesn't deviate too much from the culture instantly, mm-hmm. if he realizes our roster is built for this, let's work off of it and slowly advance towards what we're wanting to get to, they can be a very hard out for some teams this year. Very hard. That's a good point. Well, let's uh, talk about Heisman winner and candidates, if we've got any thoughts on that. I'll throw out, I think, that Caleb Williams will be, if not the repeat winner, that he will be obviously the front runner all the way down. Two predictions I'll make. Dylan Gabriel will be in the conversation deep into the season. And a Texas quarterback will not be. Doesn't mean they're going to New York, not going to New York. I do think no Texas quarterback's going to New York. But I think Dylan Gabriel will be someone in the conversation as a potential uh, deep into the season. You guys got any takes on Heisman? Uh, I've got Caleb repeating. I mean, I just, like we talked about before the pod, I don't see a lot out there right now that is telling me otherwise that he shouldn't be the guy to I mean he's got most of his core receiving uh, unit back um, he's got a guy calling plays for him that are specific to his skill set uh, and he's in a he's in a pretty weak conference so uh, I've got him winning it I, I do agree with you I think D- Dylan Gabriel is going to be in some conversations late into the season if not um, someone who goes to New York uh, and sits up there uh, next to him uh, next to to Williams uh, being said, so uh, I've got Williams winning it, but I'm excited. I, I think I think we're in for a fun year um, with Gabriel as well in those conversations. I'm going to say a non-quarterback wins the Heisman this year. Any predictions who, as to who? Don't know who that is, but I I, I don't think Caleb repeats because I know how those voters work. He would have to put out an amazing season, an all-time season, to get the back-to-back and join Archie Griffin. And I don't think that's going to happen. So, I none of the other quarterbacks that I can think of, the Drake May and Penix, I don't see them having an incredible season. So, I think some – I think either running back or defensive player will kind of come out of nowhere and, and win it. Same kind of sentiments. Uh, I think Caleb's going to be hard to beat. The first – Six games alone, he's going to put up Super insane nice. numbers. Yeah. And it's it's all going to depend on that Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame, UCLA, Utah stretch of games on what he does. See how the recency bias plays into I don't to, know. To that. Gosh, it's there's really – it's kind of strange because all the big boys – really don't have anyone coming back that's on the forefront. I think 
LSU's quarterback could sneak in there, having a good a good season. Um, There's probably a pretty big I'm open trying door to think for of, a lot of guys. Yeah, like I'm. It's. I think it's pretty open. The, You've got I can't North think Carolina. of any running backs on any team. Nash, I mean, nationally, that's back. just some. But he's coming off an ACL injury, and I don't know. That's a great story for the Heisman. That's true. People do eat that up. We'll see. It's a weird. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a weird, a weird year, for that. Very weird. Well, let's round it out. Unless somebody has something else they want to throw out there with our predictions on the OU record, this would relate back to the over-under, which is at 9.5. See if there's any changes. I'm going to continue to have OU at 11 victories and one loss. Connor, what do you got? You have moved from 9-3 to 10-2 and and in the last pod. Any changes? I've got us in the playoffs, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's keep it... Let's keep it at ten and two for now. For now, Lucas, I, I'm still at nine and three. Still at nine and three. We're good enough that we shouldn't lose more than one game, but so we're not gonna, we're going to fail in a tiebreaker to get into the conference title game. Yep. Okay. With three losses, I'll go ten and two. I'll stick Sticking with it. With ten and two. All right. Well. We'll see. We've got a lot of excitement coming up next week with uh, a. A pod on Sunday will probably have a little bit of something to say about the games that had, would have transpired the day before. We'll also be obviously really tuned in to the week ahead, which would include more locks of the week, but most importantly, predictions about OU, the the home opener against Arkansas State, which is like that's a that's like at two thirty, right? Or did we get it? At, no, it's a. a it's at 11. It's at 11, it's 11 a.m. It's a miserable... Right. index is looking at 109 currently when I look today. Well, that'll be fun. So it'll be nice and hot. That'll be good. It'll be a good challenge for us. It'll be good to get us uh, acclimated for a season of uh, 212 degrees of victory <laughs> rolling through. So I'm, I'm excited about it. We got That's going to be fun. That's going to be on location from our new sponsor. And we'll have that and a lot more to cover. Until next time, Boomer. Sooner. Sooner.